大家好，欢迎翻嚟 to 呃、uh, banana skin yes a podcast where we peel apart the good, the bad, and the yellow. I'm Zian and I'm your banana for this podcast. The Chinese community in Malaysia speaks a myriad of dialects, and many Chinese people actually speak more than one. My dad speaks three. But lately, Chinese dialects have seemed to be dying out, as there seems to be lesser and lesser people speaking them. But why? I went to Chinatown way back in old Hong Kong to get some egg foo young, and then I heard a gong. Hello. Today, my voice sounds crisp, and that's because we have a sponsor. It's God. For putting people like Sean in our life who own the mic, thank you, Sean and God. Okay, so here's the recap. Bananas are Chinese who can't speak Mandarin, so what this means is that they're bad Chinese. Mandarin is like the standard, the seal of approval, like the Wahyu Tuhan from the Chinese gods. What this basically means is that bananas don't have Wahyu lah, and if they're Buddhist, they cannot even get Wahyu, because they cannot eat beef. Get it? Cause you know, wagyu beef. <coughs> Moving on. So there are some times where I try to speak Mandarin, but when I do, I feel like a clown. Ye Jing Er, ni hao. Wow. Ah, ni jing er shi er shen me. Ah, jing er shi han guo chan. Oh, oh, Korean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You today did what? Did what? Um, you know, did an assignment. What assignment? I don't know. Your homework. Your homework. So yes, I suck at Mandarin, but I also suck at dialects. Why is continue with Hakka? Keju. 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 Yeah, I'm really selling myself short here. Earlier, I mentioned that there are many, many Chinese dialects spoken in Malaysia, and each dialect is actually unique to a particular region, which all date back to ancient China. A majority of Malaysian Chinese people actually came from southern China, so the dialects spoken here are usually. Hokkien, Hakka, Cantonese, Teochew, Hainan, and Hanghua. Some dialects are spoken more than others in some places. For example, Cantonese is the dialect mostly spoken in KL, but in Sabah it's Hakka, or in Penang it's Hokkien. It's also become a really big part of our culture because some places go on to develop their own variation of the dialect. For example, Penang speaks their own variation of Penang Hokkien, which is different from the typical Southern Peninsula Hokkien. It's really common among Chinese people to ask each other, "Hey, what dialect group are you from?" And most of them would know, but they wouldn't really know how to speak it, or they say that they only know basic phrases like "Have you eaten?" or "How are you?" I'm one of these people, and this is really different from a few decades ago, when most Chinese people would actually know multiple dialects. This phenomena, or like this thing of not knowing or barely knowing dialects, is really common among younger people. 
it seems like for each new generation, lesser and lesser people are able to speak dialects. Like, my mom's Cantonese and my dad is Hakka. I can speak a little bit of Cantonese. Okay, that's kind of debatable, but I can speak a little. But I don't know any Hakka. The only places I really heard or spoke dialects was with my family. Or when we would watch Hong Kong dramas together, or if I had to order food at the Chinese hawker store. You don't really speak it at school. Because you're actually not allowed to. The students at my primary school used to get punished for it. I saw my friend do 50 ear squats just because he spoke Cantonese. Shit's wild. This wasn't just something that happened at my school. Kids in all Chinese schools weren't allowed to speak dialects, otherwise known as Fang Yan in Mandarin. Dialects were actually banned because dialects were seen as informal or a crude way of speaking in comparison to Mandarin which was seen as quote-unquote proper. I mean, I can definitely see how dialects could be seen as rude because I kind of become a different person when I speak Cantonese. We're not fighting, if that's what it sounds like. I'm literally just asking my dad what he wants to eat for dinner. So what this means is that Mandarin is seen as the de facto Chinese language or the big mother tongue of Chinese people. And this means that as each generation goes on, Chinese parents are less inclined to teach their kids dialects because knowing Mandarin is just so much more important. Which is actually really confusing when you think about it. Because your dialects are inherited, as in you speak what your parents speak, and your parents speak what their parents spoke. It's actually the language of your ancestors and the place they came from in China. But now that Mandarin is everywhere, as it is not just a responsibility for you to know Mandarin, but also a benefit, does that mean that it's automatically okay to sideline dialects? But how did we even get here? How and why did dialects first start dying out anyway? I, a banana, do not have the answers. But according to our research team, it is because of many things. Our research team, Joshua. Okay, I know I said team, but we're a little bit low on funding. So that's why there's only one person in the team. So... Joshua has compiled a detailed history of how dialects have been slowly dying out in Malaysia. And this is a thick stack. And I have not gone through it yet. But I'm gonna do it now. This is the first page. Chinese dialects are not actually dialects. Huh? All the dialects that you know, such as Cantonese, Hokkien, Teochew, and Hakka, are all actually languages. Generally, the difference between the two are, a language is written as well as spoken, but a dialect is just spoken. Oh shit, this means that Cantonese and Hakka has its own words? Keep reading. Okay. In the past, 
Chinese people identified with distinct ancestries as specific surnames were linked to different ancestors. But this changed after the First Sino-Japanese War. In order to overthrow the Manchurian rulers, the Chinese elite had created a new ethnic identity based on the mythology of the Yellow Emperor, otherwise known as Huang Di. Why he looks so familiar? You know the king from the Hong Kong drama? Thus giving birth to Han Chinese nationalism. Through this, different regional groups could come to see themselves as one people or one nation, something that they didn't use to before. This was around the time where Mandarin, an originally northern Chinese language, came to be institutionalized to be used in formal and political settings. Other Chinese languages were still spoken though. For example, people would read Mandarin characters in their respective languages, for example in Hokkien or Cantonese, which are now known as dialects. When Chinese laborers from southern China migrated to Malaysia, that's my grandparents, they all still spoke their respective southern languages, but Chinese education in the 20th century was nationalistic, so they used textbooks in Mandarin, and Mandarin thus became the formal language in Chinese education in Malaysia. They say that Han ethnic nationalism, which justifies the practice of Mandarin-only policies, is why individual ethnic languages are dying out in Malaysia. Another big reason why dialects are dying out is because of the Singaporean Speak Mandarin campaign, which was also popular in Malaysia. This campaign promoted the use of Mandarin over other Chinese languages and was popularized through this song. Say, for our country's development, we must speak Mandarin. Doesn't matter if you're male or female, young or old, don't speak dialects, speak Mandarin. Damn, it does make me want to jiang huayu. So that was a bit of a doozy. So, why dialects or languages are dying out is actually because of Mandarin. The two main reasons why other Chinese languages are dying is because of ethnic Han nationalism and because of education. Chinese people are actually making it die out, which sounds really bad and really sad, but I don't really know if I can blame them for that either. I mean, the reason why Mandarin was pushed for in China and Malaysia was because they needed to unite the people, the Chinese people. And education in Malaysia is what gave Chinese laborers, my grandparents essentially, a place for their kids to learn and belong. A place for me to learn and belong. I actually didn't know this, because I just thought we were all best friends back in China, who all spoke Mandarin, and we all just came here together on the same boat, like the same sampan as best friends, to mine tin and get rich. Even for a banana like myself, I thought that Mandarin was the most important thing that made people Chinese. 
I mean, not knowing Mandarin is the whole reason why I feel so guilty and why I'm questioning my Chinese-ness in the first place. I've spoken to Mr. Sim. He's a well-known Malaysian linguist who's pushing for the conservation of Hokkien in Malaysia. I asked him what I should make of this, what I should make of this guilt, and how I should see my relationship with these quote-unquote dialects. And he said, this isn't his real voice, by the way. He's a busy man, saving one dialect at a time. You get the gist. Your ancestors were probably not Mandarin speakers. There's no need for you to feel guilty for not being able to speak Mandarin as it is not your language. Ironically, now I just feel guiltier because I can't speak Cantonese or Hakka, which is the language of my ancestors. So not only can I not talk to other Chinese people, I can't even talk to my own family. So what does that say about me? a Chinese person who's not Chinese at all. I wanted to ask my family to know what they thought about all of this, about which language was more important to being Chinese. So I tried, keyword, tried, to talk to my grandma in Cantonese. And it is so bad. I am so sorry, Papa. Mm. But me and my Papa... She's my grandma. She loves me. And I notice because she feeds me. She also grows vegetables in her little garden. But she is also a gamer. Reigning champion of Candy Crush. Here I'm having lunch with her and my mom. My mom was supposed to be my Cantonese translator. But she abandoned me halfway through. My mom said to me, you should talk to Papa more in Cantonese. If not, then you'll forget your mother tongue. I'm working on it, okay, mom? Here, my grandma is asking me to eat some chicken, and we were talking about school and when I was graduating. Eventually, I asked her what her thoughts were on why Chinese dialects were dying out. She said that families in general was just speaking more Mandarin and very few people speak dialects at home now, which is really different from before. So parents are just speaking Mandarin and not dialects to their kids now which is also different from what my grandma went through, because even though she studied Mandarin, school taught it in Cantonese, so she actually spoke to all her friends in Cantonese up until standard 3. She doesn't actually blame parents for not teaching their kids dialects. She just saw it as something that occurred gradually, naturally, because of how Chinese education was. I did ask her if it was a shame, though, that kids don't really speak dialects anymore. She said yes, exactly. But schools are already built this way. Like even back then in primary schools in Ampang, which is where we used to stay, Kids already speak Mandarin from a very young age, which is very different from her own experience. 
What surprised me most was how she considered dialect a choice. Up to you, right? Up to you, ah. She said that it's a shame that many youth don't speak dialects anymore. But that's all ultimately their own choice, not a responsibility. That even if you do know it, it has to be for convenience sake, not for a lineage or heritage one. She wasn't pressuring me or making me feel guilty for not knowing dialects. And she didn't say that it was my responsibility to know them either. But I think I disagree with what my grandma said. And I think I disagree with what Mr. Sim said too. Because I think my Chineseness is as much tied to the present as it is to the past. It is as much tied to Mandarin as it is to Cantonese and Hakka. As I was learning more and more about Chinese languages, Justine, one of the Benelaskin members, told me about Mr. Chong Kit On. He's a man who travels across Malaysia to record dying Chinese languages and folk songs. And his reason for recording them is incredibly poignant, yet simple. He said, those things will no longer exist after that. Only at the moment when these sounds were going to disappear, I realized that I've never tried to record these sounds in my family. The sounds that accompanied me in life, those that brought joy to my childhood, I started thinking, how can I preserve the memories of our elders that will otherwise be lost forever when they pass away? At the end, he said, I want to document eras that we cannot return to. Mr. Chong said he came to this realization and reason when his grandmother had passed away. He rushed back from KL to his hometown to find his grandmother lying in a coffin, surrounded by her volume of Teochew folk songs and records. When he saw her, he thought, I don't think any of these things should be buried with her. So that night, he snuck into the funeral hall, opened her coffin, and took all of the things that had accompanied him in his life and hid them. Mr. Chong shows me how languages exist as a story, how they began with life but do not end with death. Chinese languages are inherited as well as learned. It connects you to your past and to your future. It transcends time. It means that who you are is so much bigger than yourself. So where do I lie in this story? Could I be the end of it? Or am I not a part of the story at all? I think I still don't understand what languages mean when it comes to Chineseness. At least not yet. But what I do understand is that who you are 
is as much defined by your own self as the people around you, by the people who came before you, those who will come after you, and the ones that love you. So who can you be if you don't know them first? And how can you know them if you can't talk to them? I know I haven't really answered any of the questions I've asked. And that's because I'm still trying to find them. Like what do I do with this guilt? Should I even feel guilt at all? And why do I even feel guilt in the first place if no one's even blaming me? I hope I find the answers to this in the coming episode. Before I ended my conversation with my grandma, my uncle actually overheard me saying that I wanted to learn Hakka. And he said, And I'm here to say, Today, I will try. Okay, ready, Mo? Mm. Okay, uh, can, can you teach me how to say two things today? Two things, yeah. Two things only, okay? Thank you for listening. Ngoi. 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 In the next episode, we talk about the banana's natural enemy, the lalas in China. I'm joking, or am I? Okay. But for real, we're gonna talk about lalas and chinas and why bananas and them don't really get along. Thank you to the dedicated banana skin team, Jude, our co-writer and audio engineer, Justine, our graphic designer and social media manager, Joshua, our website manager and PR. Thank you to Mr. Sim, my grandma, my mom, my uncle, Mr. Ford, and the five keys for opening. Peel you later!